The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. In a world that can be challenging and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up. That by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James, and we are taking the spark and we are igniting it. So happy to have you here with us today. I hope that today you can stop and take that deep breath that we talk about where you just pause no matter what you're doing. It always reminds me of Thich Nhat Hanh in Plum Village. He used to talk about how in that village they would stop randomly at different times during the day they would sound three bells. And when those three bells rang, everyone stopped and took three conscious breaths. How amazing would that be if we just set some random alarms on our phone? And so during the day, we could do that. We could stop right where we were at and take a few conscious breaths and just recenter ourselves. So I'm just inviting you wherever you are right now to stop and do that. Just take one of those nice, deep, conscious breaths into your belly and slowly let it go, slowly release. And as you take another deep breath, imagine it's collecting anything, any energy that doesn't serve you. And you are exhaling that with your breath. And then one more last deep breath all the way down to the tips of your toes and then letting that go. Awesome. So today I have a very special guest. I have Summer McStravick, and she is a powerhouse of positivity and inner transformation. She's a personal growth coach, podcast host, and creator of Flow Dreaming. It's a mind-body protocol that Summer used to transform her own life and career, and that is now used by over 180,000 people. So Summer understands the importance of remaining attuned to your emotions and longings and knowing when and how to pivot when life demands it. So today we're going to be talking about her new newest book, Stuff Nobody Taught You, 40 Lessons from ME School, which is her school. We'll be talking more about that. And it's to help you stop being miserable and start feeling amazing. 
Welcome to the show, Summer. Thanks, Stephanie. I'm so happy to be here. Well, to get going. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's wonderful. I am really curious first about your past. When I was reading your bio and and learning about you, can you can you talk a little bit? I mean, in particularly, of course, your work at Hay House and working with so many people, being mentoring by so many people who are near and dear to my own heart. Yeah. I often say it's where I got my um, spiritual MBA. Uh, They paid me (laughs) for my advanced degree. (laughs) Yeah, I spent a good decade there. And um, the the whole getting my position there, et cetera, was just a fluke. But as we know, flukes are not necessarily flukes. And it took me a long while to to really embrace and understand that I was being trained up, not just in how to uh, produce programs, because that was my job, uh, producing programs, producing Hay House Radio, anything audio, webinar related, taking all this magnificent people and trying to turn their content into you know a way that the whole world could consume it. Because at that time, gosh, webinars were brand new. Internet radio was just... And we were at the very, very start of it. So, yes, I spent a good long time uh, with Dr. Wayne Dyer and so forth. Um, eventually, of course, it led me to my own work because there came a tipping point where my own work was busting out. And uh, then I've been doing my flow dreaming work ever since. Well, and so give us a time frame. How long have you been doing this flow dreaming? I would say it started for me in about 2000. Um, yeah, I would say 2000. Originally, I had my heart set on opening a literary magazine, not going into the world of woo or mindset or or magic or any of it at all. And so I had, you know, I was in uh, college or I just graduated and I had a literary magazine and um, I really, really, really wanted it to succeed. But if anybody knows anything about English majors and literary magazines, the chances of that happening are very, very little. (laughs) So I was in my second, third year with it, my husband and I doing this all by ourselves. And desperate one day, I called my mom on the phone and I said, mom, you know, I just, I've got, I've got to manifest success. I've got to make this happen. And we're talking about it and ticking through all the ways we should do some affirmations for it, or we should do some creative visualization for it, right? These are all our older terms that, you know, are popular 25 years ago. We ended up doing something quite different. The two of us sort of found this, what I call flow space. And um, she became in essence, my diet buddy on the phone, except instead of dieting, I'd call her every couple of days and say, okay, let's do this manifestational. Let's do this, this flow thing where we're you know, and eventually came up with a name for what it is and what it does. And I think one of the most beautiful things about it, which is, I know strange is it's not about the thing you are trying to create. It's about the feelings you want to get from the thing. What I really wanted was to do something powerful, to do something with um, a large reach that would be transformative for people that would wake them up, light them up, help them learn, um, kind of be the voice for that. And it was as if my future and flow were saying, I know you think you're going to do it to the, liter- the literary magazine, but I tell you what, how about this or better? And I said, I'll take this or better. And long story short, the literary magazine ended up folding, you know, just crushed me. Good $30,000 of my own hard earned 28 year old self cash going down the toilet. But that's how I got moved into Hay House through another um, seemingly random set of circumstances. So. That's about when it started, the, the, the nutshell origin story of it. 
Um, but you will always be moved into the right thing. You will always be moved into the next place you need to be, even if it's not what you quite think it is. And thank God that happened. Thank, thank my flow. Well, and I, I love that piece that you're talking about. That's, you know, when the universe meets us and says, no, 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 it's, it's actually this or something better that you can't even imagine right now. Bingo. Exactly. And that's one of my uh, favorite phrases, by the way, this or better, because it means that I'm already looking at all my available options. I've picked one because I kind of have to, because there's nothing else on my plate, but it may not be the best one, the right one. I may not even really want that one. So I always say, or better, like, cause I uh, show me what other things will co- are coming in, but I always have to at least make some action toward whatever it is I'm trying to create. Um, that way life and the universe can give me more stuff, you know, once I take that next step, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like true collaboration with the universe. Exactly. That's what I'm all about. I love this. And so the term, so you, you do this flow space that I'm hearing uh-huh. where, where you're really touching in and getting to the emotion, the, the feeling of yes. what it is that you're wanting to manifest. And so I imagine is there an entry point to that? Or can you tell us a little bit more yeah, about yeah. that? So yeah. I, I, I bet you a lot of people listening right now, they're familiar with Abraham Hicks and so forth. They're one of their earlier books, The Vortex. I remember when I was working at Hay House, it was always a question of the vortex sounds amazing, but how do you get in it? Well, you just be in it. You just be in it. I'm like, well, how do you get in it? How do you get there? <laughs> <laughs> like, give me a practice. And so flow dreaming kind of evolved as that practice, um, a manifestational practice, something that I often say, it's like yoga. There is the technique part you do, but there's also a philosophy behind it. Um, some people only do the physical, you know, workout routine. Other people take it and they, and they go all the way with the philosophy and what it does and your dharma and so forth. When you get into flow, you are getting into a manifestational space. There are three pillars to it as I call them, one of them is guided daydreaming, which immediately kind of moves it out of the meditation space. I call it a cousin of meditation because it truly is a daydream. You are using your imagination. Um, It's more like lucid dreaming at night, except you're lucid dreaming when you're awake, lucid daydreaming, essentially. You couple that with strong, powerful, and pure emotion, emotion that you self-generate, you create out of nothing attached to nothing. And then the third part is flow. And over the years, flow has become really popular. <laughs> it's become kind of a hip. Um, but flow back then wasn't so much. It was really something that they just talked about a lot in positive psychology, uh, that state of being where you're in a, a, um, a space of ease and focus. You lose awareness of time, of what you're doing, hyper productivity. And I thought, you know, what it feels like is like I'm in flow space, but instead of doing some activity, I'm actually kind of connecting to a higher space, right? So it's like taking flow and applying it to your spiritual connection, opening up that conduit, as opposed to say, you know, your golf game. So anyway, you take those three pieces together and I know I'm, I'm rushing through and then you have the technique of flow dreaming, a manifestational technique. It takes like 10 minutes a day to do. I love this. I love this. You know, it, and it, it reminds me when you say that, I think, you know, back in the day we'd experience, we'd hear about flow in like sports, right? Like you were saying yeah. golf, like you, if an athlete was in flow, it's like things became timeless. 
they would say sometimes even less, like they weren't even really aware of being in their own body and something was yeah. guiding them, you know? So I, I hear that and I think about that yeah. and how creatives also will say like an artist, I was in flow state. I was accessing or almost felt like I was channeling something through me. Maybe the divine was channeled, channeled through me. Yes. And so that's what I'm hearing with this state. It's like, and now it is, I mean, now I love it. You know, we're hearing about how important it is to access this state of flow and that it's available to all of us. It's not just the athlete or the artist. Exactly. We tend to live often like, well, if I fall into flow, that's great. If I get into, you know, if, this, if I can feel this way, that's great. But we don't say to ourselves, why don't we just make ourselves feel that way? Why, do, why does it always have to be something that randomly arrives like a little birthday gift in your, in your hat? Why not just create it? So I talk in my work a lot about reversing the power dynamic. And we're often waiting for life, society, other people to give us what we want to feel. We're waiting to drop into flow state. Why do that? Why not start feeling the way we want to feel? Why not create that state on demand in ourselves? And then let life and society organize around that. Because so many of us, you know, we, we spend all of our, I, I have all this lingo and terms. I'm trying not to clutter your, <laughs> clutter your mind with them, but. No, it's great. I call it um, having a pre-sponse or a pre-action as opposed to a response or a reaction. Most of us day to day to day to day, reaction, reaction, response, response. Very rarely do we step into that state of how do I want to feel? Can I feel it now? Can I pre-act? Can I pre-feel? Can I, in essence, what I call it is giving the universe a blueprint, like a sketching an architectural mm -hmm. blueprint. Here you go. This is what I need to feel. You take it. Great. You saw it in me. Great. Respond to that. As opposed to, God, I wish I could feel better. If only this would happen, then I could feel the way I need to feel. If only I got that raise. Oh, but I didn't. We're always not in the driver's seat. So this practice puts you in the driver's seat and says, okay, here, here is, here is where we're going, life. You figure out how to match me instead of me always matching you. It's a game changer. And that's predominantly, largely what flow dreaming does. It is so awesome to hear about this. And I'm, I'm curious then for you, how did it manifest in your life? So you're at Hay House and oh, yeah. you decide I'm going to go on my own and you're doing this flow dreaming what mm -hmm. next? What happened next? Well, okay, the story, right? <laughs> so um, I got get into Hay House through the strangest means. I just wrote a letter and um, said, hey, do you want anybody to do graphic design? Because I had this magazine and I think I'm going to give it up, but I'm a great graphic designer. Remember, this is like 25 years ago. And uh, to my astonishment, I get a call. I mean, when does that happen? So that set off this whole, like I said, MBA period of this is what you need to do somewhere if you want to have that kind of outreach. This is what you need to learn. By the way, you also have some gifts and some things we've given you that you haven't exploited that you've frankly been kind of running away from. And I said, okay, fine, right. So fast forward, um, another beautiful sense. Of, I, I could tell you all the great things that have happened, but I'll tell you some crummy things too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want everyone to think it's all just, if you think right, only wonderful things will happen. But I did get my first book through them and I got my second book through Hay House. At that point, um, I left and I was working with so many clients. Uh, I had started um, 
my own podcast. It's called Flow Dreaming, still kind of woo-woo, by the way. If you haven't looked it up, check it out. And it was going like gangbusters. So uh, I spent, you know, the next 10 years just building and building and building. But, you know, and I attribute so much of the quote, quote, luck that I've had to really just me expressing over and over again, this is what I want, this is what I'm looking for. Now, here's here's the thing. In uh, 2015, I was actually diagnosed with breast cancer, stage two. Um, so it was, uh, it had tra- I like to say it had traveled places. <laughs> That's what stage two means. Mm. And I remember thinking, wait a second, that didn't manifest this. How does this work? It really caused me to re-examine the entire premise of why do we make things? How do we make them? And what is the relationship? And, you know, call into to question, like, well, a lot of bad things do happen. And I actually put a lot of them out in, in my book, you know, all the bad things that have happened along with all the good things. And I came up with this, I don't know, philosophy around it. That year, I had started telling my future, my life. I said, you know, the only thing really holding me back is fear. Every, every time I want to do something and I want to like really press forward in a big way or be seen or try to reach out to that person who's probably, you know, doesn't want to talk to me. They're, you know, they'll swat me away like a little mosquito. It's always fear. It's always just fear. Fear. I don't want to feel hurt. I don't want to feel rejected. I don't want to take that risk. I don't want to potentially lose money. It's always a fear. I said, you know, if I could just get rid of all my fear, then everything would be on the table. So I said to, to life that year, okay, those, so I pick theme words every year. That year was beyond fear. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you know? I get this random diagnosis when I'm only 43 years old, just out of nowhere, no bracket genes, nothing like that. And I just looked at life and I said, you know, you could have done it some other way. <laughs> anything that will get me through fear it's going to be facing my own potential death (laughs) and I when I do things I like to do them in a big way apparently so I realized that you know when we're in life we're given things that one we can we can handle two we can push through three I'm always looking for what is the learning or the lesson or the gift in this that's another one of my favorite phrases there's a gift here it took me it took me several years to fully appreciate the gift in what I had gone through. Uh, Cause I spent a long time just railing and shaking my fists at get God in the heavens mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for the injustice of it. <laughs> but then I realized some, some things came out of it. Like it's a question of how do you want to be in these experiences Sometimes it's not just about collecting a string of good experiences, like, you know, like gems on a necklace. It's a question of, all right, you've been given something icky now. Life is, you know, your body has conspired to bring you this, but you can choose how you want to encounter it, who you want to be in it. If you can figure that out, then you can figure every response out. You can figure out any situation that rolls your way. Because again, it's all about how you choose to feel in it, not how the situation is making you feel. It was a really profound lesson. I know it sounds simplified and maybe even silly as I explain it, but it, it was a game changer. I can't say that I got rid of all my fear as a result. It still comes up, but now I see it for what it is. And I remember, ah, I've got a tool for that. I know we're kind of going all over the place, but no, no, this is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such, and actually I think it, what you're saying is profound and really important. I think number one, because 
when we meet very successful people and really enlightened people, we go, wow, their life is all sunshine and rainbows. There's really an illusion that I think is so important that we debunk and that we really say, you know, we're in this experience called life and it's going to have its challenges. It's going to have those moments where we're like, what just happened? What, you know, I can't believe I'm dealing with this now. I didn't, like you said, I didn't ask for this. So I think, you know, this is so important to bring this out. And I love your thing too, with everything contains a gift, because I I do believe that even though it may take us quite some time as it, it sounds like it took you a little while to go like, what really is this gift? I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. And that eventually it's like, oh, this, what this gave me was a sense of resiliency. What this gave me was a sense of how I can interface with that fear that may have once crippled me. But now I can say, you know what? I'm the, 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 the divine or the essence in me can interface with that and say, I can shine my light and that diminishes. I don't have to live in that fear. And I just hear so many amazing positive things that you experienced through that journey. Wow. What a gift. And how important to share that piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always say that we're in a relationship with life. I mean, we come here as humans and what's the main thing we're supposed to do. Some people say self-realization, but you know, if, if you could just do that by yourself, we'd all be individual beings on individual planets all by ourselves. The way that we're reaching that goal of self-actualization and realization always comes through our relationship with others. And the relationship with others is not just other people. It's a relationship to the self, the relationship to other people and the relationship to source or your higher power, whatever you want to call it, the universe. Yeah. And so sometimes I think we believe that we're the only ones in charge of the relationship with us and, and the universe. If I say it, if I manifest it, if I dictate it, we're doing it. And I, I have a, a name for this. I have names for all of these theories and <laughs> ideas, by the way, I call it, this is the universe is my suitor. It's a, by the way, it's a chapter. This is my fabulous book. All of them talking about here. But that's the concept that let's say you have a partner and you don't really trust the partner. You know, they've kind of like betrayed you a few times. They've done some really crummy things and you're like, okay, yeah, but I'm stuck with you because I can't get away from you. Cause frankly, I was born with you. I'll live with you. I'll die with you. We're always going to be together. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to ignore you and pretend that I'm in charge. So here's what we're going to do tonight on date night. I picked the restaurant. I picked the car. I picked where you're sitting. I picked your meal. I picked what time you're picking me up. I picked what time I'm dropping you off. That's what we're doing. Your partner would be like, this is not a relationship. Screw you. And that's how, <laughs> that's how a lot of us have, have kind of ended up being. And so you know, I, I talk and teach a lot about, well, how do we repair that relationship? How do we regain that trust in the universe or that trust in our body, because that's something I had to repair. And anybody with, who's gone through any kind of illness has to reconcile that their body, quote, quote, betrayed them. Why would it do yeah. that to me? It's a fundamental break. And then once you do that, you realize, gosh, I'm in a relationship with the universe. I'm in a relationship with something else that is, you know, that everybody else in this world is also in a relationship with. Oh my God, layers upon layers. But how do I make this be something that is, even how do I open myself and say, okay, this is what I want. How do you want to get me there? This is where I, this is how I want to feel. What do you need me to experience so that I can reach those feelings I'm craving? 
And that's the dialogue we start to have with life, really. And it was kind of a big concept, but anyway. And I love the relationship comparison or analogy. That's so great. And in a relationship, you're not going to have a dictatorship. <laughs> yes. and, and yet that's what we're doing with the universe. Oftentimes, oftentimes. And it comes down because, you know, at some point we've had a fundamental break in trust. There's another, I've got another word for this. I call it the trifecta of <laughs> uh-huh. trust. <laughs> Love it. Trust of self, trust of others, trust of the universe. Mm. And most of us have, our trust has been chipped away, broken, slightly, you know, shattered here and there over the years, just through the process of living. When you live, things break. Um, they should right? That means a good, well-lived life. If everything is, if you're holding everything so perfectly, not really living, right? You got to throw the ball and let it hit the ground sometimes. So, you know, the trust of the universe is one that fundamentally gets broken in a lot of us. That's when we start to say things to ourselves like, yeah, I really tried for this my whole life. I never got it, never worked. I guess I never will. I guess it's not for me. Boom. You just took that thing off the table. You just took all of your partner's ability to give that to you. And you said, I don't believe you can give that to me anymore. Again, that's not a healthy relationship. I wouldn't stay married to that person. So that's one way of expressing it. Trust of others. Obviously, we all kind of know that one. I don't trust you that you'll take care of me, that you'll put my interests first. I'm not going to trust you with my heart. I don't even trust that that you'll like me and, and you don't invite me to parties. And my friend group is always talking about me and I'm a loner and I, I, I'm isolated manifest in all different ways. Um, and of course, trust yourself. I, I don't know what I want. I don't think I can do it. I haven't made good decisions around it. Uh, I'll probably fail if I try. I'm not good enough. All that nasty little, mm-hmm. you know, self-denigrating self-talk. That all is trust of self. When did that break? So for me, it's like we go on this, we have to at some point go on a pilgrimage of saying, which is most broken and where? Which is most impacting my life? what I allow myself to do, how I allow myself to think, what I'm capable of becoming. And I think that's why a lot of us, I mean, that actually is what inspired me to write this book. A lot of us reach a point in our lives where that question, what am, what am I capable of becoming, suddenly just kind of stops. Like we just find ourselves skidded to a halt. And often it's people in their 40s, 50s. And I, you know, I talk to a lot of my clients and students and I say, Really? wait a second, stop here for a minute. You've got 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Heck, you might be right in the dead center of your life and you're done. Like there's, that's it. You can't, there's no more reinvention. There's no new places to go. There's nothing. Life said you're done. We're not giving you anything crazy, wild, wonderful, and delicious anymore. It's all behind you. And we realize that's a trust problem right there. You're right. Yeah. I thought I'm just looking backwards and it was good then, but no, I don't really believe I can have that. You know, I got to worry about retirement now. I got to worry about my aging parents now. And, and it's like, we lose our sense of vision because the trust kind of got eroded. Trust comes back. That vision for your life comes back again. And you realize my next 10 years could be the very best 10 years of my life. Why not? Why not? Why not say to my partner, make it so. That's my Jean-Luc Picard. Make it so. (laughs) Star Trek fans know what I'm talking about. I love this. Well, and we're needing to take a break. And when we come back, I cannot wait to talk with you more about your book. Can you hold it up again one more time? All righty. 
stuff nobody taught you. It's I based on me school. Love it. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk to you more about me school. And one of the things I really resonated with was this whole concept of creating your life by design, which as a psychotherapist and working with a lot of people in their 50 and 60s, that is something that's an exact phrase that I use. So when I read that, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's it. Like it is never too late to live happily ever after and to create your life by design. So more with summer when we come back after the break igniting the spark. Stay tuned. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome back to Igniting the Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James, and I'm here with Summer McStravick. We are just having an amazing conversation. We're talking about right now uh, her book, her newest book, Stuff Nobody Taught You. And it's 40 Lessons from Emmy School, which is her school we'll be talking about to help you stop being miserable and start feeling amazing. That sounds fantastic. So first of all, tell us a little bit, Summer, what, what is this ME school? Yeah, well, I know it's, it, it is m.e.school because it started that way about 10 years ago. I call it just me school now. Okay. I, I've, I've swapped out the meaning of M and E over time, manifesting or mindset, emotion or empath- empathic intuition, but it all basically comes down to a school of um, self-awareness and self-realization. It's a three-month program. It's a hybrid of live classes with me, like every single week, as well as a ton of pre-recorded uh, courses that you or classes that you just listen to and kind of get ready for the live class that comes up each week. Tons and tons of worksheets, and then of course my special sauce, Flow Dreams, which are my recorded. Um, again, they're sort of like emotional, energetic activations. I guess would be the yeah, precious yeah, way yeah. Of, of putting it where I actually lead people into these emotional states of being. And I say, I need you to feel this for me now. I need you to practice this feeling. And just, just to position, I know I'm already going in a different direction, but it just blows my mind how we practice Sudoku and Wordle and we do all the stuff to keep our brains and our minds crisp. And, and then we go to the gym and we do our dance workouts and do all our physical, we do green juices and cleanses for our bodies. And I'm like, what have you done for your emotional self lately? What have you done for your energetic <laughs> self lately? And everyone's like, well, I practice some self-care. I lit a candle. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Lighting candles every day is not going to improve it and increase it and keep it healthy. So for me, flow dreaming is, is my preferred technique where 10 minutes a day or more often, I actually work on my energetic emotional self. And I, 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 I describe it like going to the gym. If you work on the emotional energetic set point of this is a feeling that I'm craving in my life. Like for a lot of people, for instance, it's money, 
right? Safety, essentially, because money for most people equates to either safety or freedom, and they can actually be both. If I have money, then I will not have to worry. I will be physically safe. I will be safe in my surroundings, or I will be free from the burden and the bondage of this work, this, you know, these problems. So I say, great, you're, you're really craving um, safety and freedom in your life. And you need money as the object to get you there. Tell you what, your energetic, emotional work today is all of my needs are met. I need you to feel that everything is being gifted to me. Life is giving it to me. My partner, the universe is giving it to me. Other people are giving it to me. I'm capable of giving it to me. And I feel that. And it's like an, an upward rush of emotional, energetic being. It's sort of like, you know, in meditation, how they say it, it actually changes the neurons and you kind of carve out these new structures. You're doing the same thing. I've actually had a, a NASA scientist, of all people, uh, hook me up to all the electrodes and record all my brain activity while in this state. And it's funny, the the, the entrainment is just like all your brain waves suddenly go boop, boop, all together. Wow. It's pretty astonishing. So we practice this. And I say, look, you're becoming more this being every time you do it. Because I another idea I have about life is what we experience is what we become, right? We're just little information catchers. And a lot of us catch a lot of cruddy experiences, I'm trying to keep my language clean, which is not easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> but we're catching all of these crummy experiences based on all the garbage that people just kind of randomly, you know, ping pong into our lives. And that becomes who we are. So I said, why don't we create some beautiful feelings in us and let that become who we are, independent of what's going on outside you. I, as a being, want to feel elevated. I want to feel connected. I want to feel loved. So I'm going to create those feelings. That becomes who I am now. That becomes a chunk of me. And every day I do it, it's like pouring more sand on the sandcastle. It's more me now. It's more me now. And eventually, you know, I believe that life catches up to mirror you. And so things around you start to shift and change. You know, as you, as you, I don't know if you can see what I'm doing with my hands here, but life around you, the little glittering disco ball of life starts to reflect you in a different way. And that's, that's for me, like a real fundamental sense of manifesting totally lost track of your first question now. That's okay. But I, I do want to comment how beautiful this is. So, because I love that when we increase, it's like, if you go into quantum physics, you know, as we increase our frequency, then we are aligning with matching frequencies. And exactly. that is how we're bringing these things into our lives. Like if you're out of alignment and you're going around in the cruddy mindset or only focusing on what's wrong with your life, you're not going yeah. to attract because you're at a lower frequency of thought. So I, yes. I love, you know, you're talking about the entrainment when you were hooked up at NASA and mm -hmm. going through how those brain waves and how the emotions, everything gets in sync and you're vibrating yeah. at this high level. And so those things do start showing up and yes. we start thinking, oh, serendipity or coincidence. And it's really not. It's, it's, we're in alignment. If you work out every day at the gym, your muscles, one, they're going to be sore, but two, they're going to get stronger. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If you do your emotional, energetic workout every day. That part of you becomes stronger, clearer, more focused, more trusting. Right. I mean, it's it, more connected. You're able yes. to hear more, see more, know more, intuit more. I mean, it just it just is. And that's the basic thing I love about my practice. It's a it's a you can't fail kind of practice. 
It's like, you can't go to the gym and not get stronger. I mean, not unless you're just sitting there, you know, (laughs) (laughs) drinking coffee, talking with my friends, doing anything. (laughs) Right. If it's social time and you're you're not going to get the big guns and yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So there's something to this, right? I mean, we know this, that's why we talk about, you know, on the show, a lot, I've talked about morning routine and the bookends to your day, that essence of doing something very important in the morning for mindset, for priming our heart, mind, body, soul, same thing right before we go to sleep. And I actually quote oftentimes the late great Wayne Dyer for mm-hmm. saying, you know, the five minutes before we go to sleep are so essential because we're going to be marinating on whatever that content is. Yes. The next, you know, seven, <laughs> eight, nine hours, however much long you sleep. I, I'm i thinking of your meditation or your flow dreaming mm-hmm. audios, like how perfect. Oh, yeah. And I, I basically, I have a, over 200 of them at this point, um, as well as a, um, we're heading up about 36 other courses besides me school. I'm very pro- prolific. <laughs> I've been doing this 20 years. So I've had a lot of time. Sometimes people will listen to them and they will actively flow drink. They will actively bring their emotional mm-hmm. self to it. Sometimes we're just shot. We're just, we are just done by the end of the day. I think that's how a lot of us end up falling asleep. Um, so much information has been shoved into us throughout the day uh, that we're full, we're full containers. So mm-hmm. this is why everyone's like, I wish I could read books, but I can only binge Netflix. I'm like, yeah, I know why there's, you can't have any more. You don't want anything asked of you. If you're reading a book, you've got to be in there with the people. You've got to be mm-hmm. seeing with the characters. It's asking something from you, but staring at a TV is asking nothing of you other than just entertain my eyes, you know, just entertain my eyes. So you can also fall asleep to a flow dream, in which case it's more like subconscious programming right? Just letting it drink in there, seep in into you is what I say. You can use these in either way, either way. And they both work, but just try to get the actual flow dreaming happening at some point. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, so now going to the book, we had talked about right before break this, um, you know, how to next level your life and creating your life by design, not locked. Talk a little bit about that. Hallelujah, lady. Yes. Creating a life by design, again, me and my partner, <laughs> me and other people, me and myself, we're all here together creating life. Again, if we were supposed to be um, becoming evolved just, just without the help of other people, we would be as beings, entities, we'd all have our own separate little planet. So we'd all be doing this in total isolation. But we're actually here in this foaming sea of people, <laughs> a frothing sea of life. We've been given all these people and all the stuff that they bring to us, uh, which brings out our intellectual, emotional, and even physical. And we're given the earth itself and all the things in it, all the potential raw materials are here. And we often forget that. It's like you step out your door, this entire earth and all the people are there for you. But we become like, you know, horses with blinders on. We only see the little bits that are in our life. And eventually we stop even seeing that big way, we just say, well, I got my job and I've got this and I'm barely getting that. And we kind of like drop down into the end. I'm barely getting by and I'm barely getting paid and I'm barely being seen and I'm barely being loved. And when you get yourself down, I call this the, the, the well of lack or lack thinking is my general term for it. We start to see all the things we don't have and not the things that we do. 
And then like if you took all the red checkers off the checkerboard, all we're left with is moving the black pieces of lack around. And then we say, and I don't get enough. I don't have my needs. I can't, how can I make anything with this? Like, because all you're doing is moving around the pieces of what you don't have. Look around. There's all the stuff you have here. So if you want to start bringing that back into your life, let's start with the feelings that you want life to give you. So I always say, um, there's a word for this. It's called, I want you to go for your emotional endpoints. You have things in your life you want. You want money. You want a nice house. You want a loving partner. You want good health, right? The big, the big three or the big four. You want all of these things because they're going to give you a feeling. And you think that those things will get you to those feelings. And not having those things will get you to a different set of feelings. So you're running towards getting those feelings or at least just shutting off your desire for them altogether, which is when we reach that flat, you know, dead zone. You know, we've, we, we emotionally flatline is what I call it. So here you are. Let's say you want to have um, that loving and, and wonderful partner. What you really want is, I want to feel important. I want to feel adored. I want to feel like I can deeply and, and confidently and, and permanently trust someone that I can just exhale and know I'm loved and I've got it. And, and I have someone to share joy with. Those are all feeling states that we want from a partnership. So I say, look, instead of just concentrating on, well, how am I going to meet this person? Where am I going to meet him? And I haven't met him yet or them or her or whoever. Um, let's just bring those feelings in you. I am so loved and adored. I am so seen. I am so cared for. I wake up and I just feel like, what am I going to do with my partner today? Like, let's practice those feelings over and over and over. And so I say, okay, you're making what I call a blueprint for your life. This is your life by design. You have a team of construction people out there. They're all sitting there with their yellow hard hats and their pickaxes and their lumber. And you're just looking at them and you're like, well, I guess you're going to build something today. And they're like, yeah, I guess we're going to, what are we building? Like, I don't know. Probably not my life partner. They're like, okay, ma'am, not your life partner. So you end up with this crazy janky life. You know, like if it were a house, you'd have five bathrooms and no living room and no kitchen and four, you know, four bedrooms or something. You'd say, how did I make this? How did this happen? <laughs> like, you didn't give life a blueprint. You didn't tell it. This is what we're making today, folks. Said So everything has a non-physical and physical, right? There's this sort of dichotomy, the yin and the yang. So the physical is what life is building for you. All the people and all the materials that I mentioned a few minutes ago that are coming together to make stuff, like the literal raw materials for you. But you're the one who gets to sculpt and say, this is the kind of house I'm making. These are the emotional endpoints. These are the feelings in the house that I want to experience in all these different areas. If you don't spend your time giving life those directions, it has no idea what you really want. And it's just going to put together the random stuff of other people's random stuff. And you will find yourself like most people just dealing with crap all the time, like not stuff you've chosen, it's stuff that rolls in, you know, like tumbleweeds on the highway. So this is the life blueprint uh, perspective. I emotionally encode, I, I go to those emotional endpoints in all these areas of my life. And then I say, okay, this is where we're going. Your job now. So that's the non-physical part of it, right? The energetic aspect. Then the physical aspect, materialistic aspect kicks into gear. They mirror each other. They're never separate or different from one another. If you're lost on your blueprint, you're lost in the life too. If your blueprint is full of all the lack thoughts and et cetera, 
your life is full of that too. And most people, they work so hard trying to change the exterior of their lives, get more money, get a better job. And then it falls apart and they're like, it never lasts and I got to do it again. And I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I'm like, well, you know, it's not going to stick. It's not going to stick. Why don't you work on the inside? If you work on the inside, that's permanent. That's inside you. That never goes away. Once you get it inside you, no one can take it away. Only you. You could say other people break it. They break my heart. I'm like, great. You repair your heart. You're the only one who can do that too. That's the thing where you get it right on the inside. Your exterior life changes. And that's that's principally what I teach people. Again, in me school, in my book, on my podcast, how do we get that interior right so that everything else ends up lining up? We don't have to go through this continuous cycle of making things, breaking things, making things, breaking things. I'm going to take a breath (laughs) after that long explanation. (laughs) Well, and I I just want to tell you, Summer, it's like, as you're talking about that and as you're saying, you know, you're saying about this internal state and feeling into feeling loved and adored and all those things, just even in that moment, as you're saying that I was bringing that energy into my body and I have an amazing fiance and actually I'm getting married in a month. Uh, yeah, 29 days, nobody's counting, but 29 days. And, um, but feeling that sense, I mean, there's, there's a radiance that comes with embodying those emotions. And so I instantly, I'm already feeling so lifted up and happy just talking with you, but there was like that sense as you were just sharing that tapping into those feelings of being truly loved and truly adored and partnered. He's not in the room, but I was Mm -hmm. feeling that at such a radiant and deep level. So, I mean, this stuff is so powerful and thank you again so much for sharing this. And I think, you know, one of the things uh, in your book that I want to make sure that we address because people have such a dual relationship with success (laughs) <laughs> yes. You know, it's it's like <laughs> they want success and they fear success. You know, we have yeah. such a mixed relationship. And and so one of the things in your book I know is tackling this fear of success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. In fact, book number two is going to be largely about everything I couldn't fit in book number one, <laughs> which is largely about work and success and our identities as we build them through the actual activities that we do each day. Yeah. So I, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Like I love building things, building businesses, building dreams, ideas, building people, building my students. And one of the things I've discovered is you, you only go as you only grow as big on the outside in your life as you are on the inside. Like I was just saying, Mm -hmm. so I often see people kind of tapping out or maxing out or getting stuck or stalled at certain levels. They're like, I can't break through this. There's success here. I can sort of get it, but I don't, but I'm stuck right here. Like, great. Let's stop trying to fix the outside things. Don't take one more business building course. For God's sakes, you have like 15 certifications and how to build your coaching company already. Stop. That's not what you need more of. You should know that by now. There's something here that's not allowing you to create that, to grasp it, to own it, to believe it to transmit that belief to other people and say, I will lead you. I can lead you. And a lot of times it's because our, like you said, our, our feelings around success are so mixed. 
we've been taught not to trust a lot of our own inner feelings, our own emotions. Um, we've been taught that emotions swamp us, overwhelm us, depress us, be careful, get rid of them, keep a, keep a lid on it. Don't be a crybaby. Don't feel that way. No, you don't feel that way. So many messages. When you're learning instead to really grasp that, let's say I, I'm talking with somebody and like, you are ready for more success. What does success feel like to you? Can we go into that emotional state? Can we create some of that feeling right now in you? Well, no, because I don't have any success. Nothing I've done has been successful. I'm like, I don't care. That's because you've been giving life, you've been emanating non-success. Of course, life is giving you non-success, right? It's like, you know, the, the chicken and the egg. So we have to change both at the same time. You are successful. You are radiant. You are inspiring. You are thoughtful. You are intelligent. You are rich. What, what do those feelings make you feel like? Oh, makes me feel nervous, insecure. Like I'm not, I won't be able to keep it. Like I'm faking it. I'm like, great. You just pulled up a whole other set of feelings. We need to decide if you want to claim those feelings or let go of those feelings. I can't let go of those feelings. Maybe they're right. I mean, that's the truth about me. Like you're the only one who says the truth about you. You're the only one. You're making those feelings true about you. But they are because I compare myself to everybody else. And so-and-so is a better coach and so-and-so is a better this. I'm like, again, that's what you think. That's only coming from inside you. Do you want to keep claiming those feelings or do you want to switch to a different set? Well, if I switch to a different set, then I'm going to be egotistical or I'll be faking it. I'll feel like a fraud. Like, and can you see how this whole oh yeah dialogue opens incredibly inside of us? And I say, okay. So you fundamentally believe you're a fraud. Okay, we're back to that again. Now that's what you're telling life again. I'm a fraud. You should only give me things that match my fraud level. What do you want to do about that? You're the only one who can change that. You're the only one who cannot have those feelings anymore. What do you need in your life to happen to you or for you or with you to help you move out of those feelings? Let's not attack that one head on. Let's instead say, Okay, I'm going to go in my flow. I'm going to go and, and have this conversation with the universe. And I'm going to say, I have so many supporting situations come to me right now that I can't help but be pivoted out of these feelings of lack of worth, of imposter. It, it, just, it just becomes so clear and transparent. I am astounded and amazed. It's like the sun has come up and I see the world differently. I need that. If I have that, the brakes are off. I can go anywhere. Give me that. So you see, we're kind of backing up. We're going back to the more fundamental feelings then that we need to make that secondary layer of change. I know we're getting a little deep on this, but Perfect. you can absolutely ask the universe. I don't want to feel held back anymore. Can you give me whatever I need so I can stop feeling constrained? Those are the emotional endpoints I want. Fix it up in any and every situation. It might happen in my relationship. It starts giving me that. It might happen at work. Starts giving me that might be a smattering all over the place, but I need to build that up in me. And what do you think a good partner, what do you think the universe would say? I love you. You're amazing. Of course, I'll, I'm going to do that for you. I want you to like, I want to give you everything. Here you go. And then you get to figure out what to do with it. Like, oh, this is weird. I haven't had this before. Wow. Every, all these people want me to speak to them and lead this workshop. Well, okay. And then your job is to then get beyond that fear and do the thing. So that was like one long kind of, you know, explanation <laughs> example. 
beautiful example. And I, I couldn't take enough notes when you were talking. <laughs> I saw you scribble. I'm like, oh, did I say like, something? <laughs> you said some really good things, you know, and I, and I think, mm. you know, the, the important thing is that even if you don't think you can do it, you can do it. You know, our, our thoughts don't equal truth. Yeah. And, you know, that I think that's one of those fundamental things in this. It's like, OK, yeah, the the world might be mirroring to me what my thoughts have been. But how awesome that we have the power to change our thoughts and we can actually start really feeling into how do I want to feel and how do I want to engage in this relationship with the universe and that you can break it down to such a small level so that there's like almost like this no fault. Like you can't keep going back to the same way of thinking yeah. and that there's yeah. a way out. And oh my gosh, Summer, I have so many more questions for you and I cannot believe that we're out of time. This, this whole process, I'm, I just am so thrilled and thrilled for the listeners that get a taste of this. So let the listeners know where can they find the school? How can they get a hold of you? Where can they get your book? Awesome. So um, again, my podcast, Flow Dreaming, still kind of woo-woo. Look it up. It's everywhere. Um, you get a lot. I digress into all these different areas. I have almost 800 shows at this point. So, um, wow. <laughs> or no, sorry, 700. I'm in the yeah, heading toward eight. Um, so that's a great resource. Of course, the book, Stuff Nobody Taught You. My other book is called Flow Dreaming. And that's the one where I've been describing the actual technique. Oh my gosh, it's right here. Both of these are available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, et cetera. Um, and then me school, my three month program starts in the fall, starts in September. So go to uh, flowdreaming.com and it's flow with an F, not an S. We're not slow dreaming. <laughs> we are flow, flow dreaming. And um, there's just a ton there and you can reach out to me about me school and I'm very accessible. I read all my emails personally, oh. myself. <laughs> Yay. That's so awesome. That's so amazing. And Summer, as we're, as we're wrapping up, what do you feel like for you is the essential message that you want to leave with the audience today? People always say thoughts are things. I say emotions are things. Emotions are the universal language. That's what everybody in the world can feel. And we all can instantly interpret it and understand one another, even our pets and our animals. So if you're trying to decide what you want next in your life, let your feelings be that guide. I mean, because they're going to win in the end, no matter what. Every big thing you've ever been through and experienced was finally your emotional self saying, I'm just going to do it, or I'm done with that relationship, or it's time to go, or I quit. And no matter what your brain is talking to you about, it's always going to be that heart piece of you that has the final word, that has the final say. So you may as well start acknowledging that and start working with it. All right. What do you want? And then we'll figure out how we get there. Beautiful, beautiful. And I love it. I mean, I'm hearing that message and the way is feel your way. Yes. Love it. Mm -hmm. Summer, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with all of us here on Igniting the Spark. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and receive every episode. For more information about this show, my books, films, and events, 
go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.